Hello, Real Talk listeners. Welcome back. Welcome back to Shut the Culture Up. Michelle, what? Shut, shut the culture up. So guys, it's really not that we want you to stop thinking about your culture. It's that we are tired of this conversation Um, because it's being complicated. It is it is so overly complicated at this point that it's virtually impossible for organizations to get it right. Um, and I think that by the time they do start nailing down what their culture looks like, shit changes. And then they're like, no, nope, we need to take it this way instead. And a lot of that happens because we complicate the message of culture. So it's time for us to shut up talking about it and to make it happen. Tonight is a topic, Maria, that you and I have had both amongst ourselves and our group, our peer group, but also with people outside of who we know. It's, um, you know, it's a sensitive topic and it can be uncomfortable, but frankly, this topic and this consideration contributes to your culture message in ways that you cannot quantify. All too often, organizations, something is happening in society um, where people need to take a stance. Um, you know, recently, and if I knew more specifics about the le- legislation, I would get more detailed with this one, but I don't. But recently, the Republican parties have pushed forward a plan to remove some healthcare options for transgender people. And notice that I use the word people, okay? Because that just sounds stupid when you say it in your mouth that people would not have healthcare options. People, healthcare options. It's ridiculous regardless of the word in the middle of it, right? And what happens is because a lot of these movements or changes in society are being driven or used by political platforms, what I'm finding is that companies want to stay neutral. They want to be politically neutral. Um, But Maria, I'd like to jump into a really big one right now, Black Lives Matter. Oh, that is a good topic. Yeah. It is. It is. And it is one that with, uh, you know, some of the people that we've partnered with, some of the organizations that we've talked to have said, no, we'd rather stay silent. Um, Some of them have even used phrases like, it feels like weird timing, like we're trying to jump on the bandwagon if you will, and they have made conscious choices to stay silent. As an HR professional, when that happens, what do you see, Maria? Yeah, I mean, being silent takes a stance, right? And I don't think people understand that is the more time that goes by and you don't say something, you literally are creating a narrative and a story for people to tell amongst themselves, your team members in an organization, 
or your people leaders, uh, you have literally created your own narrative. And so, you know, I think we noticed, I don't know, Michelle, if you saw, but like, if you went on LinkedIn, or through your emails, you saw all these messages and comments from uh, C-level executives in an organization taking a stance and literally posting a video on their stance on this. Uh, and co- some companies like were just so immediate. It happened over the weekend. I'm like, wow, you yep. guys are working on the weekend? Like, right? you're marketing your company and your stance immediately for everybody in the world to see. You know, and there, there are also, there are those people that, like you're saying, they jump out ahead of it. And they, they step ahead of it, not because they're trying to be the first or the greatest or whatever, but because they realize things matter. You know, um, you and I talked about this when it happened, actually, when um, Nike sponsored um, Colin Kaepernick, right? After uh, the take a knee incidences during the football season, right? They blasted huge. They put it out for everybody. And they made it clear that they supported him and they supported his right to protest peacefully, right? And what happened, not only did Nike get backlash, but Colin, I mean, he even lost his job, right? He did. You know, I think it's super interesting that you lose your job over taking a stance. Well, I guess he didn't really stand, but took a stance on um, a situation that affected him personally and that he felt so passionate about. And he lost his job over it. And now there are in industries and people doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And somehow it's interesting. The NFL he lost his job over it, but now the NFL has somewhat taken a different approach and is now allowing people to silently protest on the field. So does that mean he was wrongfully terminated? Does he get his job back now? Does he get his job back or should he sue them? Mm, Because who would want to go back to work for that? I know I wouldn't. Yeah, me either. Because I mean, you're literally, but you said it, Silence is taking a stance. You know, there are, uh, we were just talking about this before we started recording about kind of the, the moral human obligation, right? And that that is bigger. It is bigger than your political party. It is bigger than your religious affiliation. It is vis- bigger than your heritage or your sexual preferences. There is an element of we all live on a planet together that means that there is a certain way that it is acceptable to treat people and a certain way that it is not. And for those of you that might choose to disagree with me, even in comments, I encourage you to do so because I'm a big fan of conflict. But you know what? Bite me. That's my answer to you if you disagree. Bite me. If you don't agree that there is sort of a moral obligation with how you interact with other humans, then stay the fuck at home. Don't leave your house and order all of your shit online. And don't greet your Amazon delivery person because you should be in society if you can't at least adhere to it. Sorry, I went on a rant. My point being, you can't just take those moral situations and say, I don't have an opinion because your absence of voice means that you just said it was okay. You just said it was okay. 
Yeah, and I think Nicole Metzl said this, you know, on another podcast, right? That's the most important part is taking a stance, whether you, you and again, she mentioned, you don't necessarily have to go, uh, you know, send emails to all of your customer base. However, you need to focus on what's important to your to your employees and your your team members in your organization. And you also have to realize that not everybody's going to have the same topic to discuss. So on one side, there's Black Lives Matter. On the other side, we noticed at our organization that we literally made a comment and then you had your employee population making comments of Blue Lives Matter because, you know, of the whole circumstance. So where do you find the fine line of trying not to get into this debate with your team members on who you're supporting if you literally are taking the the bigger stance, right? The biggest stance and the one that's on fire is Black Lives Matter. But you do have a whole population that is Blue Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. So how do you target or figure out what the best approach is for your organization? So I have two thoughts. The first is going to come with an apology. I apologize that I am horrible with details, guys, but I'm horrible with details. There is an NFL star. His name is Emmanuel something. If you watch the ball, you may. He lives in Houston. Is there an NFL team in Houston? Help me here, Maria. I'm going to keep telling my story while Maria is trying, like, trying to find out um, who this person is that I'm talking about. So he started a series of videos um, specifically for his friends who were white people and who were asking him how they can help and what they can do to help. And um, the series of videos that he posts on his Twitter feed, and uh, they're called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. I found that the uncomfortable part as a white person, the uncomfortable part is really just showing up to the first conversation because you're afraid of that your questions might sound stupid or that you don't know what it is you're supposed to do. Um, But I found that his um, videos are completely not uncomfortable and they're super honest. And in his second video, um, he was talking to Matthew McConaughey. And Matthew McConaughey asked that exact question. Um, He said, I watched movies. I don't watch sports i.e. I will never know a sports star's name ever. But he said, he said, well, let's look at this pandemic right now, okay? Um, He said, today, right now, today, COVID-19, this version of coronavirus is killing thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Doesn't mean the flu doesn't kill people. Doesn't mean we don't care about the flu. It doesn't mean we're going to stop giving flu vaccines. It doesn't mean we're going to stop putting you know, documents in all healthcare offices telling you how to stay safe during flu season. It doesn't mean we don't care about chicken pox. It doesn't mean we don't care about measles. We're still going to communicate about all of those the same way. But today, COVID-19 is killing people and we don't have a solution. Today, Black people are being targeted because they are Black and they are being killed in a way that 
probably would never, actually take out the word probably, would never happen to me, ever happen to me. I would never be stopped coming out of a store where I purchased my candy and be shot because they thought that I looked like a description that came across the radio. Black lives, they're dying today. They're dying today in senseless, useless reasons, systematically being killed because we failed them. It doesn't mean we don't care about great police officers. We do. Doesn't mean we don't care about nurses. We love them too. Doesn't mean we don't care about school teachers. They're great too. Today, Black people are dying and begging for their lives, and it's not being heard. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about Manuel Acho, uh, who is from the Cleveland Browns, not Houston, not football team. Um, but he, he totally lives in Texas, though. I watched lives in Texas. He was drafted to Cleveland. You are right. Um, not that they're a great team, but uh, yeah. So, you know, well, way to way to bash <laughs> the Browns. <laughs> My friend's husband works for it, so it's all right. Well, OK, OK. We'll be fine. They're okay. They're okay. But yeah, no, uncomfortable conversations, uh, you know, with a black man, I think that is, it's good, right? You know, I I sat there, I watched episodes, um, specifically the one you shared about uh, with Matthew McConaughey the other day. And, you know, it's interesting because, yeah, it's not like the flu doesn't kill people. It's not like we're not talking about cancer, right? Cancer kills a ton of people. It's not that cancer, cancer's, you know, it's not that we're going to be like, stop radiation. Right. It's like the it's the the coronavirus is what's on fire. And that's where we need to go to and put our resources in. And that's the same thing with Black Lives Matter. Now, are we having you as HR or as executives in an organization say, okay, I support Black Lives Matter. And here's my stance. And oh, yeah, you know, defund the police and whatever, right? Hashtag no. We're not saying that. We are saying we need you to acknowledge that there are specific populations in your organization that this is important to. As you saw with Starbucks, people wore their own barista outfits or pins or something. I had a team member of mine reach out to me and said, hey, we're wearing masks in the office. I bought a Black Lives Matter mask. Can I wear that? And I said, I don't see why not. But you saw backlash from other organizations. Like I think there was one, you know, team member at Starbucks who had, you know, a pin or something that they wanted to wear. And apparently that manager said no, but it was, I think it was blown out of proportion and context because they were actually bringing some other uh, things in that were more unified for that stance that people worked on together in collaboration. But You get a ton of pushback when your team members that are actually passionate about this actually give a damn about it. Right. We're not saying take one stance versus another. We're just saying acknowledge the population that is there that this gives a damn about. And that's what we're getting on this message today. And don't feel the need to be an NFL and then reverse your stance later because that only makes you look like a jackass, right? So fire a team member over it. You better be damn well certain that you are making the uh, the 1000% correct choice in doing that 
because your team members are going to be very vocal about this and you have to give a form to do so. And that's what your culture and engagement team is there for. If you don't have one, create one, be one, do whatever it is and open a forum for people to be uncomfortable with you and talking about this stance. It's interesting. It is often just that conversation is the place that you need to start. You know, I have um, an employee, uh, one of, one of um, my employees is Black, but I remember, I remember having a conversation with her specifically after this happened because her son um, just graduated high school um, with honors. He's an amazing kid, amazing kid. And he's about to go to college, his own car, no parents really far away from her. And I couldn't imagine until some videos I watched from Corn Theory, it never even occurred to me to imagine how different her conversation with her 18-year-old son is compared to my sister's conversation with her 19-year-old son when, when he started driving on his own. And because that became reality. I sat down and I had the conversation with her. And I told her in this conversation that I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what it meant to walk in her shoes or to walk her path. But I wanted to know, I wanted her to know that she could talk to me about anything, that she could be upset about anything. She could ask me anything from a from a company's perspective. And we had what was for probably five minutes, a truly awkward conversation because I think she sort of in a corporate environment felt obligated to go, no, it's fine. Thanks for talking about it. And so it took about five minutes for me to get past my awkwardness and for her to really embrace that someone was listening for us to have a real conversation. Um, but as a result of that, We've continued having that conversation, even if she didn't need anything from me. She just needed someone who would understand why something upset her. Teach your leaders to do that. If you do nothing else, if you don't take a stand one way or the other, if you don't communicate to your employee base what your stance is, at the very minimum, teach your leaders to be brave tough conversations, because I promise you, the people in your organization, there are people that that are suffering as a result of what's happening to the Black community. And they spend a lot of time with you. And you may not even recognize the pain that they're going through, because we're too afraid to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things, right? You mentioned, I think it's key. I think I had the most successful conversations with leaders who are open to listening, right? Just sitting there, opening it up, opening up a forum, opening up a call, um, inviting whoever was interested in joining and just saying, hey, I'm here to listen or help me understand or help me learn, right? I want to know more on how I can support um, not only from a company perspective, but just in general in the community. I think that's important. I think if you get, you know, I opened up a forum for individuals to start talking, you know, it's awkward silence for a little bit. I think also if you have a personal story to share, I shared my story on racism that has personally affected me. 
that opened up Pandora's box. So if you have, you know, a story to share on something you've observed or personally been impacted by, I think that can open up some dialogue, some good dialogue as well. I think it's just important for everyone to listen and you don't, you don't necessarily have to have a stance, but just be there and open up forums for people to speak or understand or share resources that you guys have EAP or diversity or, uh, you know, uh, culture clubs or, or diversity in organizations, DEIs, right? Anything like that, that you have in your organization, make sure people know where your resources are or that you're interested in creating them or having them lead some. You don't necessarily have to have something created and now can be a good time for you all to do that. Pay attention to the silent stuff, guys. That's, that's our bit of advice for you. Pay attention to the silent stuff because it impacts how your employees see your organization. Yeah, and obviously this is not going to be the first or last time we've talk, uh, talked about this topic. Um, the whole month of August, uh, you will be hearing more about this. Our next podcast episode is a Dear Real Talk to c- conclude this series of Shut the Culture Up. But beginning after that, we are going to have another four episodes of Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we are going to have some phenomenal special guests um, speaking with us about their passions and support. And of course, this topic is going to come back up, but we just wanted to make sure we cued you in and got you prepped up for those conversations. So until next time, listeners, take care. Bye. Bye, guys.